Welcome to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. We're in this new series called Wise Up. You have your Bibles, whether you're on the tablet or on your phone, turn into Proverbs chapter 12. We're going to join there here in just a minute. But the whole theme is built around one particular scripture. Proverbs 16, 16 says it this way. Wisdom is more valuable than gold and should be chosen over silver. Now, I didn't talk about this a lot last week, but I want you to know that as we dive into this, I want you to understand that in that scripture, and that's not where we're dwelling today, but there is a word there that's a choice, right? I think for some of us, we have this concept of wisdom in our life, and I'm talking about biblical wisdom. I'm not talking about experiential wisdom. You know, the wisdom that you get like 10 minutes after you needed it, you know, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about biblical wisdom to help you move forward. And that's a choice. I think for a lot of us, we get confused what we have in a relationship with God. We think that when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, that immediately like, oh, this like butterflies and rainbows and this enlightenment, and I just know you don't. But if you choose to seek God and to be in his word, I think that we, as this is talking about, can wise up. So with that being said, I want to introduce you to a character in the Bible that really shows up more in Proverbs than King Solomon, more than any other area. In fact, this one particular character in the Bible shows up 110 times. The first time this particular character shows up is in Psalms, Psalms chapter 14. I'm going to read it in just a minute. But where it hits the most is in Proverbs. In fact, in the ESV version, it's 40 out of 110 times just in the book of Proverbs. And it's easy to think about this character because it helps me understand what wisdom looks like. See, here's what I've learned in my own life because of my own shortcomings. Sometimes I have a hard time understanding what something necessarily means or what I need to do. So what I do is I look at the opposite. And I found that I can gain insight into what something means by looking at what the opposite is. I found that in my life, sometimes I may not know what to do, but knowing what not to do keeps me from walking away from what I should do. See, it's this opposite effect. Well, this character is the opposite of wisdom. It's the fool. Do you know that over 110 times the Bible refers to a fool? In fact, the first one, can I read it? It's going to be on screen. You don't have to turn there. But it's Psalms chapter 14, verse 1. It says, The fool says in his heart, There is no God. The fool. Now, can I I let you real quick give me two seconds to chase a rabbit? He wasn't talking about somebody that had a wrong belief. He wasn't talking about somebody that was pagan. He wasn't talking about somebody that was, was worshiping other gods. He was talking about the person that does not even believe that God exists. He calls them a fool. Because those people are very self-consumed. They think they are the ruler. See, if somebody's worshiping the wrong God, at least they understand there's something bigger than them. We can give them truth, and when they find truth, they will turn from the wrong thinking. But the person that doesn't even believe that there's a God, in Scripture, he's like, "That, that person's a fool. In fact, here's the results. It gives you three things. They are corrupt. They do 
amazing deeds that are terrible, abominable deeds. And there's none, no one that does good. So today, what I want us to look at is this, this full character. He shows up in Psalms chapter 14 for the first time as somebody that, that does not know God. But then in Proverbs, Solomon talks about him in a lot of different ways. In fact, I'm not going to read all of the ones. We're going to dwell on two traits, just two. But I'm just going to give you some of the things that he talks about uh, in, in Proverbs. He talks about a fool being loose-lipped. He talks about a fool being arrogant. He talks about a fool being reckless. He talks about a fool being self-consumed. He talks about a fool being unable to see their own vulnerabilities. And he talks about a fool being careless. Those are all some of the representations of a fool, but there's two traits. There's two traits that in Proverbs that I think we need to understand that determines somebody when it comes into wisdom or whether they're acting foolish. Whether they're walking with wise or if they're in the process of, of going to a path of destruction. All throughout Proverbs, one of the constant themes that you see over and over and over again is there's this way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to destruction. There's a way that seems right to man in his own eyes, but God weighs the spirit. Well, listen to this one. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Do you know what you can find out when you start thinking about being wise and the difference between wisdom and, and lacking or being foolish? Foolish people never listen to advice. Like if you've ever been in your life and you've had several people tell you something that seems like the same thing, especially if they're not connected in any way, I would encourage you to listen to what they're saying. I cannot tell you how many times I've been in a situation, whether it be a counseling situation, an encouraging situation, just trying to help somebody move forward. And I've even joked around about it from the stage. I did last week. I talk about common denominators. Like, for us, I joke around, there's one common denominator to every poor decision you've ever made. You were a part of it. You, you are your greatest salesman. You are a part of every one of those poor decisions. So rather than trying to blame every single body, well, it was my parents, well, it was my sibling, well, it was a friend, well, it was my boss, well, it was you, and it's me. I'm just letting those people influence me into poor decisions. So there's this aspect of, you know what? A fool looked at his ways and he thinks there's right, but then there's another step. He said, a wise man will listen to counsel, will take advice. Can I ask you a question? How many people do you have in your life that help you move forward? I have several people, you know, even as a church. We've got an amazing group of men. They're called elders and overseers. That before we do anything, I bring it to those guys. I share with them my heart, tell them what's going on. They are praying and thinking through it. And it's amazing in that room how things will change. And as we start looking towards the growth and the future, for those that weren't at the breakfast, we made a huge announcement. We're very excited. We are not only moving out of my house into an office, booyah, praise the Lord, even though those were amazing times, 
But we are going to be transitioning and we're going to be hiring our fourth full-time position at Crossroads. We are actively seeking, as of today, a full-time student pastor. We want to have somebody that can devote their time to that. Pastor Sam has prayed, talked to Jay's. We went to lunch. He came back and said, I know the direction God's wanting me to go. We feel called to go towards the worship side of the church and leading worship and media. And so we said, okay, so we're going to go towards the student side and go find somebody that's going to be a full-time student pastor. Now, don't mishear me. Pastor Sam's still here. He's still going to be around. He told me the other day, he said, it's kind of like I'm handing over one of my babies. And I was like, I, get me. I've got five. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. He's still going to be here, be involved, love it. We still have camp. He's leading camp. It's going to be amazing. But it's part of growth. I got in this group, and I didn't come in there with some sort of idea, some sort of an understanding. Or here's a, I said, hey, what do you think? Give me some advice. I think for most of us, we're scared to death to ask somebody for their advice because we already know the answer. Have you ever had that? Maybe it was a purchase decision. Maybe it was a career decision. And you don't want to talk to anybody about it because you've already convinced yourself, even though in your heart you know that this may not be, but you have convinced yourself mentally like this is a wise decision. And you don't want to talk to anybody about it because to everybody else it's obviously not. I'll give you the greatest area this shows up. Dating. Dating. I do not understand that. I'm going to be real careful here. Okay, you need to know a little bit of my background. I grew up in an abusive home. My dad was amazing when he was sober. Unfortunately, when he wasn't, he, he loved to fight. Like, he enjoyed it. Like, he got, like, that was fun to him. And so, me and my brother, we, we, we fought at early age. He just happened to be a 36-year-old drunk man. And it led to a point where he lost the ability to be able to really think and rationalize stuff. And my father committed suicide right before I turned 13. And it's not, oh, but not, God uses everything in his way. It's amazing. My, my father had accepted Christ right before that. Unfortunately, there was consequences for his sins. Even though I know that my father had accepted Christ, he still had lost the ability to think rationally, hit a low point, and he took his own life. But you know what? Life didn't stop. But there's a lot of times that I see people in a dating relationship, and maybe you've done this, and you sit there and go, why is that person with them? They treat them like absolute stuff. <laughs> got in the middle of that and didn't know how I was going there. That almost got bad real quick. <laughs> I mean, that was one of those like, hold on a second. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Y'all go to lunch. No, you know what I mean? Their communication is terrible. Heaven forbid there's actual physical abusiveness. And throughout the whole time, They've convinced themselves, oh, this is my person. You know why? Because they won't listen. They won't even listen to the obvious things around them. They won't take counsel from the things that are around them. Now, I'm not talking about any one particular person. I don't have anybody in my mind. All right? I don't not think any, I'm just trying to give you an example of how people can get so caught up in trying to meet what they think are their own needs that they won't settle down to take advice. And what Scripture says, let me read it again, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. When's the last time you just listened? 
Now, I'm going to have a little confession here. Here's normally the way advice happens in my life. Pastor Sam, we may be talking about something, and he says something that's extremely, like, that's it. And immediately I'll go, yeah, but, Sam, did you? I put buts on everything. My wife, yeah, but, honey, did you? Yeah, but, did you think? But there's a reason why. And it's like, hang on, just listen. If you want to wise up, you've got to learn to listen. Secondly, a part of listening, and you've got to learn to listen to the right things. For a lot of us, the greatest thing we could do is turn off the TV for a little while. I don't know who to listen to. I don't know where you fall one way or the other or which news you're facing. I have no idea. To be honest with you, I think all of them are lying to us. I think the truth's got to be somewhere in the middle because it's confusing as I'll get out. But we may want to surround ourselves with some people that are worth listening to, which is the third part of this one point. Who have you strategically put in your life that's worth listening to? I'll go ahead and give you a little heads up. Now, listen, this is not, this is not an anti-anything. Don't mishear what I'm saying. But I promise, the bartender doesn't give the greatest advice. His job is to serve you and to listen to you. Well, yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, that's a tough one. You're a good guy. You know, I don't know why they all treat you like that. Would you like it? There you go. Yeah, that'll be $200. Thank you. Like, I get tickled. I was at a barber shop. I started going to, to this barber shop. It's kind of an old school barber shop because I'm really, really intrigued. I got a little bit scared yesterday because literally every single gentleman that got in the chair either was getting their head shaved or a flat top. And for about five minutes, I thought, oh, Lord, I went on a Saturday, and it may be like a rule that you just you either get shaved or a flat top. So I said, I'm like, Dear, please, just, I just want a little bit of hair left. I'm losing it as it is, but I don't want you to take it, you know. But it's one of those things. But I was funny listening to all of these guys talk. And I'm sitting there. I mean, I didn't say a word. I was just listening and just like, this is what the Andy Griffith show's like. And I was just soaking it up. And it made me, because I already knew what we are going to be preaching on. I was sitting there thinking, who do I put in my life to listen to? And are they worth listening to? First challenge. For some of you, it's going to be real hard for you to wise up listening to the same turkeys that are in your ear. Some of them are kin to you. And I hate it because they make you feel less than, belittled, and like you're missing something. They oppress you. They're constantly bringing up your past. Let me help you out. The people that God wants in your life that are going to help you move forward in your life, that are going to give you wisdom, they're going to point things not to themselves. They're going to point things to God, and it's going to be helping you move forward, not backwards. If those two things are not a part, I would get them out of my life. And going back to the dating situation, if you thought I was talking about you, I wasn't thinking about you, but maybe it's time for you to end that relationship. Just put it out there. Second thing, the second trait is right over in the next chapter, chapter 13, verse 13. Whoever despises the words brings destruction on himself, but he who reverses the commandment will be rewarded. Now listen to what it says next, all right, in verse 16. Every prudent man acts with knowledge, but a fool flaunts his folly. Can I read that one more time? 
Every prudent man acts with knowledge, but a fool flaunts his folly. Two things that really are amazing about this character of the fool that's in God's word. Number one is they think they're right, they're not going to listen to anybody. And not only do they think they're right, the things that they do, they relish and flaunt in those things. You ever seen that? Like people get together and they don't have anything to talk about, so they talk about all the things that you're going, man, that, that, that's not a good decision. But they talk about it like it was the greatest moment ever in their life. Oh, man, let me tell you. My second ex-wife, whoo, man, let me tell you about her. And I'm going, what? excuse me? Yeah, the, the first one was crazy. The second one, man, the, the third one, but this fourth one, I found the one here. And listen to me, I'm all about love, and don't mishear me. Life has a way of happening. That's not what I'm talking about. This isn't anything about divorce or anything. But I'm sitting here listening to this person, and I'm going, hey, one common denominator. There's one common denominator to all four of those marriages. That's you. See, it's this trait that shows up, right? Not that they want, not want to listen to anybody, but they also want to jump in and, and talk about all the things, not problems, follies, and talk about them as if there's something to really brag about and talk about and to celebrate. Had this happen to me yesterday. I'm not going to say the establishment because I actually support the establishment. But I was sitting at a restaurant with my daughter because she wanted to go. It was just the two of us. And she, I was like, what do you want to go eat? And she told me what she wanted to eat. And I said, great. And so here we went. And as soon as we got there, they were like, oh, yeah, grab a seat. And 45 minutes later, we finally get a salad. Now, I will tell you, I am not the most patient person when it comes to food. But I'm sitting there. But it was funny because... Evidently, at this restaurant, six of the people had called in sick or whatever that day. I ended up talking to the owner, and he said, yeah, all my workers keep calling in sick because they know if they call in sick so many times that I'll fire them, but I'm not going to fire them. And I'm like, well, why are you not going to fire them? He said, because they want me to fire them. I was like, why do you want you to fire them? They said, because of what they can get on unemployment. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my goodness, I had no idea. So I was like, this is a boy. I'm not even going to cross this. Meanwhile, I was like, can I get my food? But we're sitting there talking, and, and 45 minutes turns into an hour, turns into an hour and 15 minutes. And the whole time, it was funny to listen to everybody in the restaurant. Nobody was upset. Nobody was complaining. Everybody was acting as if it was our fault that they didn't have enough people. It was like, oh, man, just be patient. You know, this, this, there's only one server. Oh, man, bless her heart. I mean, that's, that is really, I mean, that, that's tough. I mean, let's be patient. Like, I can't, oh, I can't believe I actually came here to eat dinner and ordered food. I am so sorry. I, you know, the, you only got one. Per like, I'm like, why is it my fault? Now, don't mishear me. I didn't make a, a behind of myself this time. All right. And me, me and Brent had a little moment where we kind of like, yeah, let's have patience. And we had a great time and everything ended up being great. It just took a long time to do it. But me and Brent were talking and it was funny because in my mind, again, knowing about what today was, I was like, why is it that I have to take responsibility for somebody else's shortcomings. You know what I made me realize? There's one reason why. Because I can. I think not only do foolish people usually exhort in their follies, but they're also looking for some people to kind of make that be right 
And I don't think we need to make it right, but I also think we don't need to go to the opposite extreme and start to, to alleviate people or misguide people or, or discount people because they've made a mistake. In fact, if you were to keep reading in, in Proverbs, it's actually Proverbs chapter 26, verse 11. It says, like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. Sam, you'll enjoy this. When I was in student ministry, I had this great idea that one night I was going to do a message with these students. And so I got me a big old gallon of milk in a garbage can. And they said, you know, you can't drink a gallon of milk in less than an hour. Usually it'll make you sick. And I was like, well, I'm going to show you you can. And I started drinking this milk knowing what it was going to do to me. And I was preaching on this particular verse. And next thing you know, in great youth pastor fashion, this was roughly at the age 34, milk started to come out of every orifice above my neck into that garbage can. Great picture, seeing how I just fed you guys all breakfast. You're welcome. And then what was funny is I said, but you know what, I think I can do it. And I started doing it again. And it didn't take very long that time. And guess what? Same result. And they're looking at me. I said, wait a minute. No, I can do it this time. And after about the fourth time, eyes watering, milk everywhere, going, I will never, ever drink milk ever again in my life. I looked at these students and I said, and how many times do you return back to the same thing that's making you sick? Now, that's a great illustration for a bunch of teenagers at age 33. But luckily for you, I got a gallon of milk. Watch it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but that's where we're at, right? Like if we're going to wise up, then we can't just return to the things that have made us nauseous. And without getting too graphic, we know what dogs do when they return. And we can't just consume that stuff that we just made us nauseous as if it's not going to make us nauseous again. But we do it over and over and over and over again, don't we? But that's not even the main verse I wanted us to focus on today. Do you know Jesus? Jesus even talks about a fool. It's in Luke chapter 12. Let me read this and then we're done. It's the parable of the rich fool. And this is Jesus speaking in a parable. And he told them a parable saying, this is verse 16 of, verse, of chapter 12 of Luke. The land of a rich man produced plentiful. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? Excuse me, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all of my grain and all of my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, the night, this night. Your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. You want to talk about wise up. Do you know who Christ calls the greatest fool? The person that is consumed with building up things in this world but they're not focusing on eternal things in a relationship with God. He says they're not rich unto God. 
They may have all kinds of things. This is not a parable talking about wealth being bad. This is not a parable saying that you shouldn't have things. This is not a parable saying you shouldn't have different things or, or toys or vehicles. Or, this is not any of that. What it is talking about, and a lot of us need to hear this, it's the person that is so consumed in living for today that they're not thinking about eternity, and they've got everything going on today. They've got the house and the boats and the cars and the barns and the whatever, the trips and the beach houses, but they've never done anything to become rich with God. They've not focused first, as Matthew says, on the kingdom of God. I want to show you how this really looks, if I can do this without becoming naked, which would be a big deal for all of us. I think for a lot of us, this is what we walk around like. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Wise up. Hey, wise up. Wise up. Wise up. Wise up! But then we go and do whatever we want to do. And we think that having something on the outside to tell people what they should do makes up for what's on the inside and the things that I actually believe and doing. He says you're a fool. Wisdom is not a t-shirt style thing. For all my people that grew up in the 80s and 90s, been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. And we say, wow, I'm wise. And the older I get, the more wise I get. Listen to me, all my 20s and 30s, you don't have to been there, done that, get the T-shirt. You can actually let him be Lord, get in his word, surround yourself with great people, and let other people put the skin in the game. You just celebrate what God's given you with wisdom. But you can't get there. Just thinking that an outward appearance Christianity is enough. God wants you to prepare for him. And I'm not talking about this over-the-top, legalistic do's and don'ts. I'm talking about a personal relationship with Christ where you simply say, you know what? I'm going to learn to be selfless. Sometimes I don't like the advice that people tell me. Do you know that's happened in our elder body? We've had situations even here at Crossroads where I thought, man, I, this is, I'd really like for us to go in this direction. And they said, nope. You know what I did? Whined about it for a little bit, because that's who I am. (laughs) And after I realized I couldn't convince anybody, because I'm a great salesman to myself, I said, yes, sir. And put a stake in the ground and move forward. So I got three questions for you. Number one, who are you listening to? Are you listening to anybody? And if you are, who are those people? Number two, what's it going to take to get to a point where you won't return back to those same mistakes over and over and over and over and over and over and over? You know what I'm talking about. You know that prayer, and don't mishear me, we're human, I get it. 
But that prayer of, hey, God, it's me again, and yeah, it's that same old thing. Like, at what point are you going to say, you know what? I'm going to man up. I'm going to woman up. And here's what you're going to find out about spiritual growth. A lot of spiritual growth is founded in just having a little bit of God's will in you. I'm not talking about God's will as far as knowing where you're going. I'm talking about God's will of saying, you know what, despite what I want to do, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. We call it self-control. I get tickled. I'm, I'm not the greatest picture of health. And, but I love all the different people that, that like to talk about different things as far as, you know, like, like being in shape and being healthy. Because I don't know if you realize this, but, but it, it's like it's self-control. Don't eat and drink that. Or if you are, do it in moderation. Maybe you don't need the 32-ounce steak at the restaurant. Maybe a single at Wendy's is okay. You don't need the Baconator. You say, well, I can't do that. Okay, well, what, what about, you know, you just like walk? I don't walk. Yes, you do. You got in here, didn't you? I mean, everybody got here okay. I mean, best I know, most of us, I'm looking around. You, you made it from the park. You walk. But it's a decision, right? Listen, I'm not, I'm not talking about anything. If anybody, that, don't mishear me. That has nothing to do with anything other than trying to prove a point because I am one of those. Look at this. And I can sit around and go, oh, my goodness, I just, oh, can you believe the way I look or the way I feel or the way I, oh, oh geez, what are you going to do about it? Well, I'm, I'm going down to hibachi. <laughs> and when I get done, what are you going to do? Well, I'm probably going to go to the house and sit on the couch and watch a golf tournament. And tomorrow I'll be like, man, I don't know why I can't lose no weight. I mean, you know, I only ate one portion of that hibachi and, you know, and I sat on the couch and watched the golf. Like, Hello. And that's funny when it comes to our health. But it's not funny when it comes to your spiritual life. I want this relationship with God so bad, I want to go do what I want to do. I want to go and, and drink excessively at places. I want to go and participate in things that are not biblical in different areas of my life. I want to look at just total schmutt. There was one of those words again. I had to be careful there. And, and, and I wonder why my mind is where it's at. Oh, but Mickey, I'm okay. You know, I'm a grown man. It's just, you know, I, I just don't look at that stuff. You're crazy. You're not just crazy. You're a fool. Quit returning to that vomit. And prepare for what's to come. And by golly, wise up. If you're encouraged by today's podcast and would like to hear more messages, visit us at crossroadscommunitychurch.com.